If you do any prospecting with LinkedIn, you have got to go get set up with Surf. That's S-U-R-F-E. It's a tool you can use to add new contacts to your CRM system directly from LinkedIn in seconds. I'm using it every single day. I add contacts, follow my deals, keep track of notes, and it ends up saving me a bunch of time on prospecting and outreach, which means I can spend more time moving my deals along. The data is always 100% accurate since I don't have to copy and paste all the fields over from each and every contact that I want to put in my CRM. Instead, Surf does that all automatically with just one click in about 60 seconds. The team over at Surf has put together a very special offer for fans of sales players. There's a link down in the show notes and you can use the promo code JWSURF5. Don't forget the E at the end of Surf. That's JWSURF5 for 5% off your first year. Don't spend another minute doing things manually. Go get set up with Surf. Hey, what's going on, SaaS sales players? It's me, Jesse, and I wanted to quickly address something, which is how come I haven't put out as many episodes as I used to, and why have the last few weeks been a little bit quiet on my part? So a few things here that are contributing to this. One, I've been involved in a handful of pretty active, pretty time-consuming deal cycles. This is very common in enterprise and strategic selling, and frankly, it's common across the board, even in uh, SMB and mid-market selling. Where, uh, but especially when you're working on a strategic deal, it can take and zap, frankly, a lot of your creative energy because so much of uh, your time and effort and work is going into getting all of your stakeholders on board and building a proposal and presenting it and coordinating everything and planning an implementation and a launch and all those things. There's so much that goes into it that it can sometimes take away from your uh, creative energy. Now, this isn't the first time that I've done a massive deal cycle while also producing the podcast, but this particular go-round has been especially busy. I'm coupling that with some personal uh, and family issues that have kind of taken me away from the show in the early mornings and the evenings, which is when I used to work on things. And frankly, it's just been uh, a little bit quiet on my part because uh, I've been in a little bit of a creative slump, frankly. And uh, I want to be candid about that because it is you know, terribly difficult to always be creating content. Now, part of your role as a seller is just that. It's creating content. So uh, I know I'll get through it. And uh, I've got some plans for some really great episodes. I have some fantastic guests lined up for the next couple of weeks. Uh, and it takes time to, to master those shows and you know record the interview and then mix those shows and get those out. And then I'm hoping here in the next couple of weeks, I have some, some more free time to go and hunt down some of the people that I want to talk to in the industry. That's really where I think the best interviews that I've done have come from is a combination of people in my network that I know are really interesting and doing interesting things and then seeking out some of the the big guns in the space and uh, you know finding those individuals, getting them on the show, coordinating with their assistants or their team in some cases, and coming up with a show plan and some of those things. So long story short, more content's coming. I'm absolutely not giving up on the podcast. Uh, apologies that it's been quiet over the last couple of weeks. It was always my goal when I started the show was to try to at least create something every other week at minimum. And then I went through a period where I was consistently creating even a few times a week, which was awesome. But unfortunately, because of the fact that I still do have a day job as a seller, which part of that makes the show better because every single day I'm doing the same job that you're doing, which is prospecting, 
doing discovery calls, running sales cycles, and hopefully signing contracts. So uh, hopefully that brings relevance to the show. But the downside to that is I just don't have a lot of hours in the day to commit. And in this exact quarter this month, uh, the last couple of weeks anyway, have been a very tough time to put out new content. So with that said, I wanted to put together an episode also addressing sort of the current climate of, of the tech industry. Now, if you're following along in the media, you know that there's been a lot of announcements about layoffs. If you've been active on LinkedIn, you'll see lots of posts uh, of folks who are reporting that they've been laid off. And particularly, you're going to see a lot of these are in the tech space, which quite frankly is not something that I have seen too much of in my 10-year tech career. I wasn't in tech. I was actually quite young during the dot-com bubble. And, uh, you know, I started my tech career shortly after the 2008 Great Recession. And so besides a couple of little dips over the years and the 2020, you know, COVID pandemic dip, I really haven't seen layoffs at this scale personally. I know I've heard stories from some of my older counterparts who lived through the dot-com bubble or the Great Recession. So I, I've heard all kinds of, of you know, quote-unquote war stories. Uh, about you know getting through, for example, the great uh, the great recession in in the SaaS business and trying to retain customers and keep deal flow going and things like that. So I'm familiar with sort of what happens, but frankly, a lot of this is new to me. Uh, I haven't been through uh, anything like this, and I think I, I hope the worst of it's over. I hope it's short lived, but um, you know I just don't have a crystal ball, and I don't think anyone really knows what's what's to come. Frankly. So what I wanted to do was put together an episode that will hopefully provide some guidance if you've been laid off or if you're worried about being laid off, this might be some great ideas for you to prepare for that outcome. But if you have been laid off, this will also outline some ideas for how to get back on the horse and uh, or get back on your feet anyway and keep going forward. So I'll start by sharing my story. I have never actually been laid off, and I don't say that to be, uh, you know, I don't say that to brag or or anything like that. I've somehow been, you know, lucky enough to miss layoffs, and I've been at a company that has had to do layoffs, but for whatever reason, uh, I missed those layoffs. And I think part of it is being in sales, typically, unless it's really, really necessary. Most SaaS companies will will not tend to lay off sales professionals until it's a very last, it's you know very much the last resort. And I've heard that directly from, uh, you know, a CEO of a start, several CEOs of startups that I've been at that, you know, typically if they have to lay off, they'll find other areas of the business to start with. And only if it's absolutely critical, will they start, you know, shedding sales talent because they one realize that by doing that, you're essentially putting the the death blow into the business or you're kind of nailing the coffin. And so if you're, if you're letting go of your revenue producers and your revenue drivers in the company, then it's definitely not a very good sign. It's not good for investors. It's not good for the public, the customers. And it kind of sends the message to everybody that the, the company's more or less doomed. And that may be a little bit dramatic, but again, talking to some of the CEO founders that I've worked for, that's been pretty common. So fortunately, I've managed to miss a lot of layoffs, but I do want to tell you about how a few years ago, I was at a, I was at a tech startup, a very early stage startup, where I walked off the job and uh, you know quit sort of on the fly without anything backed up. I didn't have another job lined up. Uh, I was just in a position where I felt like it was time to go. And if I remember right, I probably told my wife a couple days before that I was going to walk. And a few days later, I walked with nothing lined up. 
Now, at the time, I was, you know, very confident. In fact, before I had left, I had had some good conversations with my network, and I actually thought I had a, a role lined up. And it turns out that so so I I walked away feeling like okay I already got another opportunity in the hopper, and it felt like a pretty good one. And I had you know two or three people that I'd worked with before that were at this company helping to drive the decision. So in my mind, I was like, well, I can walk away from this startup and land on my feet over somewhere else because I've already got this opportunity moving. You know, I'd already done some of the interviews, and you know I went through the whole process, and they gave me a verbal offer, and this was like within you know, a couple of weeks really. So I walked, I walked from the job a few weeks later, I was already getting a verbal offer. So maybe two weeks later, I was getting a verbal offer from this company. And so I was like, oh yeah, that was pretty short lived. You know, I walked away from that startup all good, you know, fair and square. It was just time to go. Two weeks goes by, I get a verbal offer from a, a great company. It was a remote AE position, paid incredibly well, great category, great product, all that good stuff. And I get the verbal offer on, I think like a Thursday or Friday. And I was taking a road trip with the family and got on the road, you know, get, take the phone call, get the verbal offer. It was awesome. And then they, they said, you know, we're going to send over the offer letter and you'll just sign that and we'll, uh, you know, we'll get just started here in a couple of weeks. And so I was like, great, you know, all in all, I maybe will miss like a month of work and I'll start at this new role at a higher salary than what I was making before and it'll all wash out and here we go, you know, and this is gonna put me on a, uh, the career path that I wanna be on, by the way. This was a, a more established company. I was trying to get to a place where I could work with a bigger team and sell on a territory enterprise software. So fast forward a couple of days, didn't see the offer letter come over. I started to panic a little bit. My wife said, you know, you're overreacting there's, they're probably just, they haven't gotten it out yet. Maybe someone needs to stamp it. Who knows? And several days went by and I think it went into that following week and I, I, you know, get an email from the hiring manager and he says, Hey, I'm going to be in your area. This is Austin. I was living in Austin at the time. He says, I'm going to be in Austin next week. Um, why don't we just get coffee in Austin? And I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. Let's, let's go. Yeah. When, when and where? And anyway, I drove all the way to downtown Austin at the time I was living, you know, 20, 25 minutes away, get, make my way all the way to downtown Austin, pay for parking. I'm unemployed. So I have no income coming in. And at the time my wife wasn't working either. So, uh, you know, we're just living on savings and, uh, you know, I go all the way out to this coffee meeting only to have him basically sit there over coffee and tell me, yeah, you know what? They froze hiring. And I know I made you the verbal offer, but I can't move forward with it. And I don't have like a, a time frame for that. And I, I don't remember what happened after that. I just know I, I somehow made it back to my car and I was just devastated because I had not really been spending any time building a pipeline of new career opportunities because I figured I had this one in the bag. And again, I knew two or three people that were in decision-making positions for this role, or they were, you know, semi decision making positions. So I, I thought, you know, I've, and these people were telling me, Oh, you've got the role. You've passed every interview round with flying colors. This is going to happen. And it didn't, it didn't happen because of a, of a hiring freeze, uh, due to some poor performance in the business. And so I had nothing at that point. And I remember just kind of having a panic attack, frankly. I mean, I, it, it was, terrifying looking ahead because it was we by the by that point I'd killed over a month of time and you know again living on just savings that's not fun uh especially because it's you know it's expensive it's expensive to pay rent all that stuff and I just 
you know, had no, no game plan. I hadn't really been diligent about building a big pipeline. I didn't have a lot of other at bats at that point. And frankly, and I'd actually started turning away opportunities as well. So I had had a couple of recruiters where I had said, no, you know, I think I've got, I got an offer and I'm going to pursue this company only to have that offer get, you know, essentially revoked. So I know this has happened to a few people out there. I'm seeing some stories about this and it's, it's scary because I've been in that position, especially if you've, you know, again, quit or you've walked away from another job, you get a verbal offer or even a, a written offer and it gets pulled back or revoked. It's a really scary thing. So uh, I want to spend the rest of this episode just speaking to a couple of things that I did to get myself back on track. This was a tough year for me. Uh, it, you know, this really actually in some ways changed how I think about my career. This was, you, you'll hear me talk a lot about on the show that I made a lot of big changes personally, mentally, and, you know, professionally a couple of years back. I always say a couple of years back, but this was, you know, as a result of this experience, because for a while during that time frame, also, I just, I wasn't sure if I was going to stay in SaaS sales. I, I was wondering if I should go do something else, if I should change industries, uh, go, take on a different role within a tech company that maybe wasn't a selling role. So I went through just a lot during that time period. So long story, I'll, I'll kind of cut to the end of the story just so you can hear. And then I'll, I'll come back and talk about some of the things that I did to help get me back on track. So fast forward, you know, three months, uh, basically three months of unemployment and over $10,000 burned through of our savings. It might've been more than $10,000. It's that's the number I'm choosing to remember because in hindsight, uh, it could have been a lot worse. But you know, paying rent in a three-bedroom house in Austin uh, is not cheap. So, uh, you know, we burned through about ten thousand or more uh, in that three months, and that's just—it's not fun. Um, so, a couple of lessons, and you know, hopefully, this helps somebody out there who's either unemployed right now and they're in a bad headspace. Or they're worried about you know making it to next month and making the rent, or they're worried about keeping their career on track because you know we've all been sort of brainwashed to think that having a gap in our career, even if it's three months, is detrimental to to a career and that you'll have to explain it for the rest of your life. And so I'm I'm here to say that everything ended up working out really well, and and the best things that I've achieved in my career have actually happened since this experience. So I did a lot before that. I can talk to you a lot about, you know, the selling I did before this experience, but frankly, the best opportunities, the best learnings and now Frank, uh, and the best money have come since I went through this experience. And it was really tough. I had a lot of sleepless nights. I, I struggled to sleep. I had, you know, just was stressed out all the time. And I worried a lot that, you know, how would I explain it? And I'll also mention that this was after a couple of short stints at, at, at some tech companies. So this was me walking away from a startup that I'd been at for less than six months or probably six months at the time I walked away. And before that I was, had only stayed a year at the company before that. So I was worried that, you know, having a bunch of hops on the resume was going to also impact me in addition to the fact that I was, you know, unemployed. And so I, there, I, I had a deadline, right? I had, you know, a very, very hard timeline to get hired again. So here's what I did. A couple things that I think will help. And if you're in this position, this should hopefully help you as well. So first, take some time if you can. I, I know it feels counterintuitive when you're like, hey, time's money. My rent's going to be due at the first of the month. I've got to get back on the horse and get something lined up. 
please, please try to take a couple of days, maybe a week if you can, and just don't do anything, you know, watch your favorite Netflix series, you know, go ride your bike, go take a walk, just go hiking. If you can take a trip or something, do that. And, you know, again, I realize, you know, a lot of people listening to this might be in a, in a position where they can't go spend money if they're unemployed. And that's, that's how I felt at that time. I didn't feel like I had the resources to, to be unemployed for very long. So I didn't allow myself to take a lot of, besides the fact that I thought I had something lined up, I didn't allow myself to take a lot of time away. And so I think go take some time to just recalibrate, recenter and figure out what your next move is. Make sure, you know, this is a good time to like be writing, journaling, think about, you know, if you're on the right track in your career, if you're doing everything that you'd set out to do, go write down a couple of goals. I really recommend spending some time outside that did ultimately help me during that period where I was unemployed, was getting a lot of sunshine, uh, fresh air, you know, hiking trails, all that stuff, and try to get some exercise also because it'll help, you know, with those endorphins and things like that. Uh, and then, you know, you're going to have, you're going to be able to feel more accomplished if you get out and, and do some exercise, do some outdoor time. So start there, do that. But then, you know, in terms of some of the practical career-oriented stuff, here, here's what I started doing pretty quickly. Once I got the bad news that I didn't have this role, I very, very quickly started going through, and I'm very fortunate that my inbox in, in LinkedIn was pretty full of recruiters who'd reached out to me in the past. And if you don't have that, uh, I would still suggest going and sort of hunting down some of the top, top tech recruiting firms. and use recruiters, use uh, paid recruiters to try to help you start to build a pipeline. This is just like selling software, right? You've got to go out and start networking and building a pipeline uh, and getting giving yourself at-bats, basically. So what I did was I started reaching out to all kinds of recruiters who had either reached out to me before or, you know, several colleagues of mine had had heard about my situation and had sent me recruiters that they'd work with, uh, worked with on different roles and said, you know, reach out, see what this person has. And so I just started going into pipeline generation mode. I reached out to companies that I was interested in that I'd never really, yeah, like I'd always wanted to go work there, but hadn't found a path to, to that point. So it gave me time to kind of write down a couple of the companies that I was interested in, in working for. I started to network with recruiters, which is, this has really been valuable even since because I, I keep in touch with a lot of these recruiters and I am now more aware of opportunities in SaaS. So go out and start to just use LinkedIn. Um, I One thing I didn't do was cancel my, my sales navigator. I set up a sales navigator account, even though it was expensive. Uh, and at every penny, I felt every dollar going out uh, during those three months, I would still recommend keeping a LinkedIn premium or a sales navigator account so you can start to you know, so you have access to in-mails and you can connect with people and send messages and some of those things. So go out and start networking. Um, I networked with people like, like that do podcasts or sales thought leaders. There wasn't as many at this time, believe it or not, this was a few years ago. Um, but you know, hopefully if you're out there and you're concerned or you're unemployed or something, feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn and, uh, you know, I'll try my best to, to help point you to some resources. So I just, yeah, started kind of networking like crazy and, uh, called people that I hadn't talked to in years. This, you know, seems again, counterintuitive. You're, you know, your, your thoughts at the time are like, man, time's money. I got to go land the next thing. And what I ended up doing was circling around to some colleagues that I hadn't talked to in a long time, touching base with them, making calls, setting up meetings to, to just, you know, 
touch base. And what I found from that uh, exercise is a lot of them were aware of other opportunities and they were able to put those in front of me or, or connect me with somebody or a recruiter or something like that. So make a list of people you haven't touched base with uh, for a long time. Maybe, uh, you know, teammates you've worked for in the past or worked with in the past, former managers, former CEOs. Uh, if you don't have any of those yet because you're early in your career, uh, again, just, you know, try to start getting yourself out there and, and searching for people in your network or, uh, you know, following people, getting in touch on LinkedIn, pick up the phone wherever you can and just make, make some calls. So I did a lot of that. I completely overhauled my resume during that time. Um, and just really spent a lot of time thinking about what, what made me unique, what my quote unquote differentiators were and how I should sell myself going forward in these roles. So spend some time doing that. And then, you know, there's a lot of resources that now that didn't exist back then. Uh, I think outreach.io has like a job board. There's uh, Brava uh, is it Bravo or Bravado? Let me see. I think it's called Bravado. And uh, I'm going to look it up right now, actually Bravado. I think they have a job board. You probably just Google, yeah. So, so Bravado, RepView, I think, is doing something. I mean, there's all kinds of really cool resources that didn't exist a few years ago that are now here to kind of help uh, awareness around sales roles. And I, at the time, even you know, considered taking something outside of tech in the sales category just temporarily until I got back into SaaS. So, don't rule that out either. If you've got to pay your bills, don't hold out for the perfect SaaS AE role you can totally go sell solar or, uh, you know, advertising or whatever you need to do in the, in the interim while you, you know, then go look for, uh, your, your next SAS role. And it, maybe it's not selling. Maybe you go do something else completely. Maybe you go work at, you know, uh, wherever you need to, at a retail store or something like that. So one of the things that I did to kind of stop the losses was I signed up for Uber Eats and I was out driving around, uh, delivering Uber Eats during that time. And actually in Austin during that time, I made a pretty decent amount of money doing Uber Eats. And at the t and while I was doing it, I was listening to podcasts and trying to improve my craft and, uh, you know, listen to a lot of audiobooks and things like that. So you can, you know, you can really be a, you can make it a force multiplier. You're making some money delivering, delivering food through Uber Eats or DoorDash, but you can use the time also to, to hone in on your craft and learn. So try some of those things. Uh, during the time, I also tried a few other money-making opportunities, things that I had always wanted to launch or do. Uh, I you know, started doing some Facebook ad sales. So what I would do for that was just you know, basically Facebook ad arbitrage. I'd manage people's Facebook ad spends. So I did a little bit of that also to just try to stop the, the losses. And, you know, so go out and, and find something to do, even if it's part, you know, especially part-time that gives you enough time to still focus in on your SaaS goals. Uh, what else did I do? So just ended up having a lot of great conversations with recruiters, mostly sourced through LinkedIn or email. Uh, from that, you know, from those interactions, ultimately an opportunity came about. One of the biggest challenges that I had was after going through something like a layoff and in my case, you know, walking away, but still, uh, you know, walking away from a role without anything lined up is I lost a little bit of like my mojo, my energy kind of went down and my confidence went down, frankly. So one of the things you have to be careful about is just really make sure you keep, you stay confident and you prep really well for interview rounds and you really keep a good poker face on, right? You don't want uh, to worry too much about the fact that you've been laid off. And I think if, if, if I'd been laid off, 
I would just address it. Uh, I wouldn't try to hide the fact that I've been laid off because it's it's pretty provable out there in the marketplace and you don't want to create a bad impression. So just lean into it and and say, look, you know, I was part of the layoffs at XYZ company, but here's what I did well there and here's how I crushed it there and here's my uh, action plan for success at your company and I want to, you know, I want to get started as soon as possible so I can show you what I'm capable of. So that hopefully helps somebody out there please, please reach out to me if I can be of assistance if you've been laid off or you're worried about being laid off. Now, for those of you who want to just continue chugging forward in your career, um, I might do a future episode about this. I might actually turn this into a course, but I want to talk more about building an action plan in SaaS. And this is something that I've used as I've interviewed in roles. Uh, it basically shows what you're capable of doing in the role and based on past experience and results and how you're going to achieve in your role going forward. Um, reach out to me if you're interested in learning more about this, jesse at jessewoodbury.com. I'm happy to share some of the details, but this is something that's helped me land, uh, you know, my current role and I've seen it help others land some pretty significant roles in SaaS sales. So thank you for listening. Stay safe out there and, uh, stay positive. This is still a great industry. I'm still very long on SaaS sales is as a recession proof career track you're generating the revenue for these SaaS companies that are incredibly high growth, incredibly high valuation. So stay the course, even if you get laid off, I think it's it's temporary, a few months at most. This is not uh, you know the kind of thing where we're gonna see people out of work for 18 months or anything like that. So thanks again for listening and uh, take care.